Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, DJ Hamilton, and welcome to another edition of the DJ Sports Show. In this episode, we're talk about Drew Brees, the legend, all-time great quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, has called it quits from the NFL after 20 great years in the NFL, a surefire Hall of Famer. We're going to get into that. They gave Taysom Hill a $140 million extension, and we're going to get into more NFL free agent signings, such as Aaron Packers signing Aaron Jones, so a four-year, $48 million contract, and other NFL free agent signings around, around the league. And we're also going to get into LeBron James taking part ownership stake in the Boston Red Sox, which is very fascinating, team to grow his wealth and money as he continues to embark to try to be an NBA owner someday after his retirement from the NBA. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about some NBA trades that have happened in the past few days as we continue to approach the NBA trade deadline. That is not this Friday, night the 19th, but next Friday, which is the 26th NBA trade deadline. So we're going to get into all of that. So sit back, relax, plug your headphones in and relax. Let's get started. First topic I want to get into is the Sean Watson situation that's going on in Houston. Um, reported by ESPN Sapphire's Tara Barshop, Houston Texas quarterback has been accused of sexual assault in third civil lawsuit, and Adam Schefter broke it down on how the NFL would handle allegations against Sean Watson. Um, so he was accused of third civil lawsuit, um, to Sean Watson of sexually assaulting him massage therapist by illegally forcing her to have oral sex with him back in December of 2020. This lawsuit was filed by Houston attorney Tony Busby on Wednesday night and appeared on the Harris County District Clerk's website Thursday morning. Busby said on Instagram on Thursday that there are nine total cases against Watson. So far, only three civil cases have been filed. The previous two lawsuits have been related to two separate incidents during which he is accused of committing civil assault by touching massage therapist with his penis. Um... This is from text messages later Thursday that Busby told ESPN that his office has been in contact with police and they will be sending a package to them with information relating to all nine cases. The Houston police have declined comment to ESPN whether they're investigating into the matter. A spokesman from the Harris County District Attorney's Office told ESPN on Thursday that nobody from any law enforcement agency has provided information to the DA's office about the allegations involving Watson. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy on Thursday said the matter is under review of the league's personal conduct policy, and the Texans said they will stay in close contact with the NFL during the league's investigation. Um, his Watson's behavior is part of a disturbing pattern of preying on vulnerable women. The third lawsuit read, and then Watson responded on Twitter on Tuesday night after Busby announced the filing of the first lawsuit, saying he rejected a baseless six-figure. Settlement demand and that this is about clearing my name and I look forward to doing that. At the time of his statement, he said he had not seen the first lawsuit. He stated, I have never treated anyone with anything other than the utmost respect, he said in a statement. A third lawsuit released that Watson then sent a direct message to plaintiff over Instagram and then scheduled a massage for December 28, 2020 at an office building in Houston. They also stated after leaving the room, the massage therapist illegally she returned to find Watson lying on the massage table on his stomach with just a small towel covering his buttocks. She leaks that one. He turned over midway through the massage. He got more aggressive, forcibly telling her to move her hand down to his pubic area. 
um, the plaintiff alleged that she felt, quote, intimidated and threatened, and she was afraid of what someone like Watson could do if she did not submit to his demands. She says in the lawsuit that Watson made it clear repeatedly that he could help or hurt her career. The lawsuit leaks that Watson forced the woman to perform oral sex on him and that she did not consent to committing oral sex. Um, Watson's attorney, based, Houston-based attorney, Rusty Harden, told ESPN he first learned the lawsuit to the quarterback um, Tuesday evening, and Harden said he sp- spoke with Watson on Wednesday and agreed to represent him. Um, and he stated, I'm comfortable with the person that Deshaun Watson is, and I don't like to publicly comment until I get all the facts. Harden said after the first two lawsuits were filed, then he added that the allegations were really inconsistent with the kind of person that he is. The women in the three lawsuits filed so far are suing Watson for commentatory and punitive damages, as well as court costs. The Texans on Thursdays again saying they are aware of the matter. And the NFL informed, um, they stated, quote, the NFL informed us that they will conduct an investigation to allegations made in a civil lawsuit filed against Sean Watson, the team said. We will stay in close contact with the league as they do. We continue to take this and all matters involving anyone within the Houston Texas organization seriously. We did not we do not anticipate making any additional statements until the NFL investigation concludes. Man, was that a that was that a boatload? Oof, man. But um my thoughts on this. Um the Sean Watson has always been known to be a great character guy. He has been known to be a man with utmost respect a great, great guy off the field and who's never really gotten in trouble. So these these um, lawsuits and accusations that are coming out about him are very surprising to me. And I don't think he's that type of person. I feel like this is all money grab for these women. I honestly don't think he did these things to these women. And like he stated, he treats women with the utmost respect. Like, I followed Deshaun Watson on Instagram. I don't know him personally. So I don't know if this is true or not, but like, yo, the dude has a girlfriend. He dates a famous singer, Armando Jilly Anais, some That's her name. They've been dating for a while now. Why would he do something like that when he has a, a whole woman? And like you say, he treats women with the utmost respect. He's a classy guy, and he seems like a very disciplined, well-taught young man. And I don't think I don't think he would do something like that. And. We, we won't know everything until they continue to investigate into the situation and learn more about it. But I think Deshaun Watson, I think this is all just a money grab. And these women just want to try to get take a piece of him and see how much they can take from him. I, I honestly don't think this is true. I, I'm a, I, don't be, I won't believe it until they get more information and more facts that back up the claims that these women have made. But I think Deshaun Watson, he's innocent until proven guilty. And I stand by him. That's just wild. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I stand with Deshaun Watson. And we'll see how what information comes out for the next coming weeks and months. And if this is actually true or not. But let's get into more NFL news. Um, legendary quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, has retired from the NFL after 20 seasons. Um, article by ESPN Sapphire Mike Triplett. One of the most prolific careers in NFL history has come to an end. As the New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees announced his retirement Sunday on Instagram after he decided to retire after 20 seasons. Um, he has four children, Balin, Bowen, Callan, and Rylan. He announced in a video after 15 years with the Saints, 20 years in the NFL. Our dad is finally going to retire, they stated, so he's going to spend more time with us. Yeah, <laughs> they shouted in excitement.
Oh man, this is Drew Brees is a legend, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Drew Brees added to the message. Um, after 20 years as a player in the NFL and 15 years as a Saint, it is time I retire from the game of football. Each day, I poured my heart and soul into being your quarterback to the very end. I exhausted myself to give everything I had to the Saints organization, my team, and the great city of New Orleans. We share some amazing moments together, many of which are emblazoned in our hearts and minds and will forever be a part of us. You have molded me, strengthened me, inspired me, and given me a lifetime of memories. My goal for the last 15 years was striving to give to you everything you have given to me and more. I'm only retiring from playing football. I'm not retiring from New Orleans. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. Now my real life's work begins. Drew Brees, who's 40, retires at the age of 42. He retires as the NFL's all-time leading career passing yards, 80,358 um, yards. Ranked second all-time touchdown passes with 571 and completion percentage 67.7%. More than that, though, he is the one who helped revive the New Orleans Saints franchise. This team, the New Orleans Saints, they were trash before he came there. They had a culture and reputation as one of the worst franchises in NFL history and in sports history. They were that bad. This guy came in as one of the biggest free agent sightings of all time in 2005. He was supposed to go to Miami Dolphins, who at the time had Nick Saban as a head coach, but because of a failed physical, and I think he either failed a physical or he refused to take a physical. He failed it, I think. They decided not to go after him and not to sign him. So the contract, that contract was off the table. But the Saints took a chance on him, and the rest is history. He came to the city of New Orleans in the wake of Hurricane Katrina that destroyed the city. And when Coach Sean Payton arrived together in 2006, he helped revive the franchise. He led the Saints to the NFC Championship game in that first year. And they won their only Super Bowl in franchise history three years later in 2010, I believe, 2009-10 season. I remember I was in fourth grade watching that. I see Drew Brees all over ESPN, Disneyland. It was crazy beating Peyton Manning's Colts in the Super Bowl with Drew Brees being named the Super Bowl MVP. Um, Sean Payton stated, when I was hired by the Saints as a head coach in 2006, the very first goal was to establish a functional and winning culture. In doing so, it was vital to know what we were looking for in a player, talent, work ethic, makeup, intelligence, and leadership, all qualities we found in Drew Brees. I'm forever grateful for what he has done for our team, our community, and for me personally. Drew Brees never got back to a second Super Bowl, despite leading the Saints to four straight NFC title, South titles over the past four years. Man, he got robbed in 2018, man. I, I remember seeing the plays on the Minnesota um, game. That NFC, that that playoff game against the Vikings, the refs robbed that Saints team of going to the Super Bowl again. They robbed Drew Brees. That play call, that pass interference, it was a blatant, obvious call. They robbed that man of having a chance to win his second Super Bowl. If he had two, it would be talked about. When you have two or more rings, you're talked about differently because anybody can win one. But when you win two or more, you're talked about differently. In his final game, was a disappointing 30-20 loss to the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round of playoffs. It was the first time Drew Brees have ever thrown three interceptions in a playoff game. Now that he has retired, it leaves a void at the quarterback position with the Saints having to fill with Taysom Hill and James Winston. And we're going to get into Taysom Hill later. Um, his legacy has long been secured as one of the game's all-time greats. He has the gaudy numbers and historic accomplishments 
all despite being just six feet tall, not a very tall for a quarterback, not the most athletic quarterback, but it's one of the most accurate quarterbacks you ever find. He was only recruited by two colleges before a record-breaking career at Purdue, and he was drafted to the second round, 2001, where he began his career with the San Diego Chargers. Um, like I stated earlier, his final game with the Chargers in 2005, he suffered a devastating shoulder injury, a 360-degree labor, t- labor and tear and rotator cuff damage, which required 12 anchors to repair. His career could have been damn near over, like right there. He could have had one of the most what-if careers of all time. But no, he came back, showed perseverance, and came back on the field in week one of that unforgettable 06 season with the Saints. He showed his perseverance, his toughness, his leadership, and being the quarterback for that franchise and not letting the city down, despite going through all those anchors and surgeries and stuff like that on his shoulder. His career literally could have been done right then and there after four seasons. He finished his career with a record 172-114 record as starting quarterback in the regular season and 9-9 in the postseason. He was 142-86 and and 9-8 in 15 years with the Saints, with whom his partnership Peyton produced some of the most spectacular excuse me, offensive teams that the game has ever seen. He threw for more than 5,000 yards in a season five different times. No other quarterback in NFL history has done it more than once. And I think the only other quarterbacks to have done that are Peyton Manning and in the season and Patrick Mahomes. He holds the top three single season completion percentages in NFL history and six of the top nine. He has ranked among the NFL's top 10 passers in ESPN's total QBR metric in all 15 seasons since it was created in 06. He has never, even though he never won a regular season MVP award, he finished second a record four times. He had long thought he could play till 45, but as he has dealt with so many injuries with his shoulders, and then this past year he cracked multiple fractures in his ribs, it was time to call it quits. He now has lined up his next chapter last year when he agreed to become an analyst for NBC for NFL after his playing days were over. He officially confirmed those plans during his first interview with Embassies Today show on Monday morning. He has expressed his gratitude to several people in a detailed letter to the New Orleans Times um, newspaper. And it's it's just amazing. He, by retiring now, he's clearing the path for a fellow 40-something ready to finish ahead of him in the two most prominent races in the NFL record book. Brady has 10 more career touchdown passes than Breeze and needs 1,155 passing yards to surpass Breeze, which he'll easily do in like the first four or five games in next year's NFL season. Um, this It's just amazing, man. This is a long article, but what Drew Brees has done for the city of New Orleans will never be forgotten. He's a true legend of the game, and he'll be sorely missed, especially by the Saints franchise, who have to ask themselves now, like, I don't know who's going to fill that void for them. I really don't. Um, the sports world even paid tribute to a lot of the NFL top franchises paid tribute to him, such as the Vikings, the Saints, Tom Brady. Congrats. He said, congrats, my friend, on an incredible career. Thank you for the inspiration, dedication on and off the field. Look forward to seeing what's next. The legendary Adrian Peterson, he said, happy retirement legend. The game will miss you. The Cardinals, they posted... Russell Wilson, who he said Rubies was his favorite quarterback growing up and gave him inspiration. This showed him that a short quarterback could do the things that he can do on the field and paving the way for short quarterbacks like himself, Colin Murray, and many more. He said, amazing career at Drew Brees, legend. Thanks for all you did for me and the game. Hashtag HOF. 
Hall of Fame. Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, one of the most inspiring people I've ever met, and I'm lucky to call him a friend. Drew Brees, congratulations on 20 years at the highest level on and off the field. The best is yet to come. Reggie Wayne, you had so many guys giving love. Juice Landry, so many guys giving love to the legend as Drew Brees. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they said congratulations, congratulations on an incredible career. So that this is just amazing the amount of respect and love that this guy has from his peers. Is that something that's, that's something you want to see as in your everyday life? And legacy of him, New Orleans. He's the savior of New Orleans, man. I'm just gonna keep it a buck. He saved New Orleans sports. He saved like he's the greatest New Orleans athlete of all time, and it's not even close. But now that he's retired, the Saints had to find a new quarterback. They Signed um, Jason James Winston for one year, and then they signed Taysom Hill to a strange hundred forty million dollar contract after um, he retired, like right after, basically right after a four year hundred forty million dollar contract extension, um, which is very weird because he's basically a utility weapon. He's not really viewed as a, a starting quarterback in the NFL, but the um, every but the catches every year of the thirty year old gadgets players deal is voidable um, for the contract. It saves the Saints $7.5 million in the cap space. Um, his 2021 earnings breakdown is $9.6 million signing bonus, a $1.4 million um, guaranteed roster bonus, and a $1 million guaranteed base salary. That's a total of $12.16 million. Last year, they signed him to a two-year $21 million contract. He has a tenth in just 13 NFL passes in his career before this past year. But before, but he filled in for an injured breeze for four games and finished 2020 um, completing 88 for 121 passes with 928 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he has also rushed for 457 yards, eight touchdowns, while adding a receiving score. So I think James Winston is going to win out the starting um, battle for quarterback on the Saints now that Drew Brees is retired. Even though James Winston, he has the talent, but he has been a turnover machine in his career. Which is something Sean Payne's gonna really gonna address, um, going forward, um, because he's gonna say James Winston, you're not gonna be playing if you're gonna be turning the ball over at a high rate. He wants to cut it down to like at least 15 to 17 interceptions in the season, or even less than that. But uh, yeah, Drew Brees, man, the Saints. I don't. I just don't think they're gonna be the same. And congrats on a legendary career. You were great, my friend. And we'll see you in the Hall of Fame next. Other NFL signings around the league. So, Green Bay Packers have kept their running back, Aaron Jones, who had a great season last year, to a four-year, $48 million contract, his agent says. Um, Drew Rosenhaus told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, they anticipated bigger offers in free agency, but he decided to stay with the Packers. They have decided not to use the franchise tag on Jones before the deadline. And he tweeted, let's run it back this past Sunday. Um, go pack go on his Twitter. He said, "I'm just glad I keep keep playing where I started my career." He's a fifth round pick by the Packers out of UTEP back in 2017. He ranked fourth in NFL last season with 1,104 rushing yards despite missing two games with a calf injury. He made his first Pro Bowl of his career, becoming the lowest drafted run- Packers running back since Dorsey Levens, who was also a fifth round pick back in 1997 to do so. Um, it was his second straight 1,000 yard rushing season. He rushed for 1,084 yards and led the NFL with 19 touchdowns back in 2019. Including the playoffs that season, he scored 23 times, the most for a season in team history. He's 26 years old and is one of only two players in NFL history 
boasts 3,000 plus rushing yards for 3,364, 35 plus rushing touchdowns, 37, and an average of 5 plus yards per carry with 5.2 in the first four seasons. And guess who the other one is the other running back to do that? The greatest running back, arguably of all time, in Jim Brown. The Packers have been in contract talks with Jones since back in February 2020. Um, he became frustrated with the lack of guaranteed money the team was offering him, and he changed agents and hired Rosenhaus, which helped him get the contract that he now has. They have now drafted running back A.J. Dillon in the second round of last year as insurance in case they lost him or Jamal Williams, who also is entering the final years of his contract. So that is very interesting. So I'm going to continue with more NFL news. The Titans agreed to sign ex-Dealers linebacker um, Bud Dupree. Um, I had a feeling the Steelers were going to lose some guys. Um, they will pay Dupree more than $16 million per year. He gives the Titans defense a much-needed presence off the edge. He's capable of being a down lineman in nickel packages. I mean, I don't really understand what that means because I'm not an NFL full NFL guy. But, yeah, Shannon Sharp, he will be a good job at saying that. But um, Titans field... Fielded only three outside linebackers for most of their games last season, which resulted in Harold Landry playing 90%, 94% of the snaps. They haven't had a pass rusher register 10 sacks in the season since Brian O'Rakpo finished with 10.5 in 2017. He hit his stride with the packages in 2019 season with a hell of and a half sacks, and he turned 28 in February, and he was on track for another strong season in 2020 before he suffered a torn ACL in Week 12 against the Ravens. He told Fowler... Um, Fowler earlier this month he planned to be a full participant in the NFL training camp based on positive feedback from his doctors and playing on the franchise tag after the, the two sides were unable to work out a long term deal he had 8 sacks 31 combined tackles and 8 tackles for loss with 15 quarterback hits for Pittsburgh last season he was a foundational piece for the Steelers stout defense a glue guy and bonded the rock locker room together with his upbeat attitude and personality he finished his Steelers career with 66 starts 39 and a half sacks, 169 solo tackles, 54 tackles for loss, an interception return for a touchdown, and 65 quarterback hits. Man, they lost they lost a quality guy right there. Um, um what's also called the Titans also signed um defensive linebacker Danico Autry. He was a former Colts defensive lineman. Um, he was never flashy during his three seasons with the Colts, but he simply got the job done. He had 20 sacks, including a team high nine in 2018. He's one of the unsung playmakers along the defensive line that featured Dustin Houston and DeForest Buckner last season. He missed two games while dealing with COVID-19, and his seven and a half sacks in 2020 were third on the team behind Buckner with nine and a half and Houston with eight. He gives the Titans a disruptive compliment to defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons along their front line. And he's the eight-year veteran who faced a double team on 57.8% of his pass rushes as an interior defender and created five sacks. He finished with only 19 sacks last season, but teaming up with Altry with Simmons in a similar way to how Altry teamed up with Buckner last season to improve their pass rushing attack. Also getting to more NFL signings, the um, Minnesota Vikings have agreed to a deal with former stud cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Peterson to join the Vikings on a $10 million deal. I think it's worth one year. And that's just going to shore up their um, defense even more. He's one of the elite cornerbacks in the league over the past decade. And has shown he can play at a high level consistently on a consistent basis for a team that could use that on the defensive end. So I think Patrick Peterson is going to be a great asset for them and their defense and a great voice in the locker room. And he has been one of the star, star cornerbacks in this league. Maybe one of the best cornerbacks the league has seen 
in a while. So, and if he keeps up this pace, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and that's someone you want on your team. It was also very good to see the um, Buccaneers. They signed back Shaq Barrett. Um, I forgot the other guy's name. I think um, Dominic Sue didn't decide to come back yet. Um, Chris Godwin, they franchise tag, which is also good. Jack Barrett was a key part of their offense. They signed back, um, I mean, their defense. Um, Rob Gonkowski's coming back, basically because it's Tom Brady. He's not as productive as he once was, but he's still very key in that chemistry with Tom Brady that he has with him, which is very good for if they want to increase their chances of a Super Bowl. And they still have to make decisions on Dominic Sue and um, Antonio Brown if they're going to resign them back. But also, what other news is out there? Hunter Henry, one of the top um, tight ends, top a great tight end talent. He played on the um, Los Angeles Chargers last season. He signed a deal with the New Orleans Patriots. I'm trying to pull it up right now. A three-year, $37.5 million deal. He signed with the Patriots, which and $25 million guaranteed. He's 26 years old. And he clicked with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert last season on career best 60 receptions for 613 yards and four touchdowns. He's joining a Patriots team that had one of the worst passing attacks in the league last season. Cam Newton had nobody to throw to. They drafted two tight ends last season who ended up getting a lot of injuries. And they combined for a very putrid NFL stat, which I don't really know what it was. But Skip Bayless, I remember he mentioned it on his show earlier this week. It was it was bad. Those two tight ends are not that good. But um, he gives Cam Newton a passing target to throw to and rely on as long as he's healthy game in and game out the team agreed to a total of nearly 100 million dollars worth of contracts to tight end johnny smith as well wide receivers nelson Aguilar and kendrick Bourne is on the, this team's going under a pass catching overhaul after being one of the worst passing teams in the league last season and pass in their passing attack um like i said he used two first round picks in the at the position in 2002 Daniel Graham at tight end, 2004 Benjamin Watson, and later pairing Robin Kowski and Aaron Hernandez together in the second decade as Patriots coach. Bill Belichick has been known to go after tight ends. Now I have Hunter Henry with Smith to help address a position that has been somewhat of a non-factor since Gronkowski left the team in 2018. No other NFL team in NFL has had a lower pass catching production with tight ends over the past two seasons. Hunter Henry, who's six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds, will give them a great presence in that, and that on that front. And he played last season on the franchise tag, making ten point six million. He has yet to play a full season in his career, though, and missed the final two games of last season after being placed on COVID nineteen list. He missed his entire twenty eighteen regular season after tearing his ACL, and four games in twenty nineteen after suffering a tibial plateau fracture. So he has to prove he can stay healthy and on the field for this team. He has great talent, but like they say, the best ability is availability. And if you can't be available for a team, no matter how talented you are, and it's not going to matter. So that's that's something he's going to have to address and work on this offseason, maybe change his diet. But um, I think this is a great move by the um, Patriots. Um, I was also this other move, the the uh, Chiefs, the um, they signed. A stud offensive lineman that the um, Patriots lost. And Joe Thune, he agreed to a five-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a, he was a, he's a stud offensive lineman. The deal is worth five, $80 million for five years. Well, the first two years fully guaranteed at $32.5 million. He was a previous standout offensive lineman with the New England Patriots. And he gives the Chiefs an offensive lineman and a medium O-line immediate boost in the wake of the team's embarrassing loss to the Buccaneers in February Super Bowl.
even Patrick Mahomes posted three smiley emojis on Twitter. Um, this will give Patrick Mahomes more time to move in the pocket and find open receivers. They needed this overhaul after getting obliterated. And they released two of their stud offensive linemen. And Eric Fisher, who was a former number one pick, they released him. And Mark Schwartz, who was an all-pro, all-decade type offensive lineman of the last decade, who they also released. So they're trying to overhaul and their offensive line right now. I think they should go after a guy like Trent Williams, who's still on the market, I believe. Um, he's one. He's the, arguably the best left tackle in the game. When I was listening to Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, they were talking about him. He, they need to go after a guy like that. And Joe Tooney, he's been a guy who's been very versatile. He doesn't just play center. He can play the right guard. He can play left tackle. He can play multiple positions on the offensive line, which will be very key in the Chiefs' quest to try to get another Super Bowl. Um, Mahomes, this comes after Mahomes was pressured on 50, over 50% of his passes and dropbacks in the Super Bowl, which was third highest mark of his career. He was pressured on 47.2% of his dropbacks in the 2018 AFC Championship game against the Patriots, which was the fourth highest mark in a start in his career. Um, the 20 last uh, 2021 could have Chiefs could have been completely different starting offensive line from last year's season opener. Tackles Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher were recently released. Um, their center Austin Ryder and guards Kalechi Osmali and Andrew Wiley will can be free agents. Um, Tooney, who's 28, has never missed a game or a start in his five seasons with the Patriots, which is very good. He won durability. And he becomes the first player in NFL history to open his career by starting three straight Super Bowls. And he has two Super Bowl rings, so he has valuable Super Bowl experience as well. He's not just bringing talent to this team. He's bringing a winning pedigree, which is something you want on your franchise. He was um, the 2019 Associated Press second team All-Pro and has registered 5,474 offensive snaps since he entered the league which is second only to Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey, was 5,492 during that same period. He has filled in at center and right tackle in emergency situations for his franchise with his versatility, which is one of his many assets, like I mentioned before. So this guy is going to be very valuable to this team. And I think they should really go after Trent Williams. <coughs> um, Damn, that sucks. Damn, they can't get Trent Williams. He he is re-signed. Tim Williams, one of the best, if not the best, left tackle in the game, has re-signed with the San Francisco 49ers just na- just now. Um, oh, this was a few, yeah, just a few days ago. Excuse me. He has reached a six-year, hundred thirty-eight point six, hundred thirty-eight million dollar deal that will make him the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Um, the deal has fifty-five point one million dollars in guaranteed money. From his agency, Elite Loyalty Sports tweeted, the contract also includes $30.1 million signing bonus, um, sources told ESPN's Diana Rossini. This comes on the heels of the 49ers for signing fullback Kyle Jusic and cornerback Jason Barrett. With that trio back in the fold, the Niners are expected to pursue free agent center Alex Mack. Man, the Niners, they get fully healthy. They're going to make a run for the Super Bowl again next year. They have, they have an elite defense. They have so much talent on that squad. This, this deal of Trent Williams passed the four-year $92 million extension given to Green Bay Packers lineman David Bakhtari in November as the highest-paid um, offensive lineman in NFL history. Oof. Man, that sucks. He previously discussed deals with, the like I said, with the Chiefs and Bears, but he's with the 49ers now. Damn. Chiefs have their chance. Man, they signed Joe Tooney, the Chiefs, and Chicago signed Jermaine Effetti, which paved the way for Brown's historic deal to return to San Francisco. 
Damn it. I wanted the Chiefs to get him, but it's all right. Um, the team agreed to add a clause in his contract that meant it could not tag him this offseason, and he went on to stabilize the left tackle position in place of the retired Joe Staley. He's starting 14 games and returned to his previous Pro Bowl four-minute process. Trent Williams, who turns 33 in July, finished last season with the fourth-best block win rate, 93.6%, among offensive tackles, according to ESPN metrics and NFL Next Gen stats. Man, I'm tight. But um, he sat out the 2019 season because of a rare form of cancer and dispute over the handling of his health and contract status in Washington. And since entering the league as the number one four overall pick in 2010, he has started 133 games, earning eight Pro Bowl berths, a second team, and a second team All Pro nod in 2015. His eight Pro Bowl appearances are the most in the league for offensive linemen since 2012. But yeah, man, the Chiefs could have got this guy, but this is a good pickup for the 49ers. And that's some of your major NFL free agent signing news. But we're going to take a quick break after all that NFL news. When I come back, we're going to talk about LeBron James becoming a part stake owner in the Boston Red Sox, which is which is very, very, very good. It is um, dream to become an NBA owner one day. And then we're going to get into some NBA news, talk some NBA before we close it out. But sit back, relax, and we'll take a quick break. Save 50% when you pay per mile with Allstate. So you pay less when you drive less. You've never been in better hands. Allstate. Click or call for a quote today. Devin, did you know GEICO is now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? Okay. That's 15% on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? DJ Khaled to be your motivational coach? Yo, Devin, remember to brush in a circle motion. Thank you, DJ Khaled. Tiny circles, Devin. Do another one. Another one. Is this good? Put in that word, Devin. Don't give up. GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Don't play yourself. Hit subscribe to play more great Geico videos. And don't forget to share. So LeBron James has agreed to become a part um, stake owner in, uh, with Boston Red Sox at the MLB. And I think he really has a part stake in the Liverpool franchise and soccer as well. I think this is just a great way for him to continue to grow his um, his platform and continue to grow his wealth as well. 
because he want he said at the end of his career he wants to be able to have a French um, own NBA franchise. I don't know what a team will be with. Maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers, his hometown, or maybe the Lakers, the team he's gonna end his career with, or maybe we'll see. We don't know, but um, yeah, I just think this is just a great idea for him and overall. So some NBA trades that have happened. Um, the Rockets traded PJ Tucker to the Bucks. Um, I don't know if that makes them a big play. Um, in the trade to fortify the franchise's playoff push in Eastern Conference, they traded for PJ Tucker. So the Bucks are sending DJ Augustine, DJ, and DJ Wilson to the Rockets for Tucker, Rodion's Curix, and the key to completing the deal includes the redirecting of draft picks to two teams that previously traded in the offseason. So Houston is pushing back the 2020 first round pick. Um, Milwaukee owes it to the unprotected 2023 draft. The Rockets get the right to swap their 2021 second round pick for the Bucks' 2021 first round pick, unless the Bucks' pick somehow falls one to nine. So essentially, the Bucks will be moving back a few slots from the end of the first round, where they will presumably be picking this season to the top of the second round, with the Rockets, who own the second worst record in the league, a pair destined to land. Um, so Milwaukee is also trading forward Torrey Craig to the Phoenix Suns in a separate deal. Um, the Suns aren't sending a player back to the Bucks in a deal for Craig. Craig was able to find a rotational role in Milwaukee after leaving the Denver Nuggets to sign a free agent deal in the offseason. But he arrives in Phoenix with a defensive versatility that he brings to the team, and he's playoff tested. Tucker, who's 35, is a key to the trade for the Bucks. He brings defensive grit, be able to space the floor with his three-point shooting, and leadership in the locker room. Um, he recently decided that he will step away from the team until a trade until a trade could be found, which has been found now, because he doesn't want to spend his last years in NBA on a losing team, the team that has lost 18 straight NBA freaking games. That is unacceptable. You're an NBA team. You should not be losing 18 straight games, bro. You want if you do that, you want the worst teams of all time, bro. 18 games, and they are now removing into a rebuilding mode. The Bucks are 26 and 14, with one and a half games behind Philadelphia and Brooklyn at the top of the Eastern Conference. They have won 10 of their last 11, past 11 games, including a 109-105 overtime win against the Sixers on Wednesday night. The Rockets could potentially have three first-round picks in the 2021 draft. Milwaukee's, Portland's, and either their own top four protected pick or Miami's from Oklahoma City's three-way swap rights. Um, he was, Pataka was a central role player in three and a half years with the Rockets, contributing significantly more than his averages indicate but he often defends the opponent's top scorer, and he played center, small ball center, as only six foot five during Houston's short-lived small ball experiment last season. He's a great three-point corner shooter, and he can space the floor, like I mentioned, and he's in the final season of his four-year, $32 million deal. Um, the Rockets did not guarantee the final year of his deal until February 2020. Does this make the Bucks a, a contender, like push them to another level in these conference? I don't think so. P.J. Tucker is 35 years old. He's a great role player. But he's not a guy who Giannis could be like, oh, this is my second guaranteed guy who get me buckets and defend the high level every single night. Chris Middleton's a great second option, but I don't view him as a superstar or a future Hall of Famer. Giannis doesn't have that guy next to him that could take the pressure off him. Kevin Durant has Kyrie Irving freaking James Harden. And Blake, maybe even Blake Griffin if he returns to an all-star level. Um, LeBron has Anthony Davis, who's an all-world beater and a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, who... Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have each other. Those guys, perennial all-stars and future Hall of Famers, if they keep up at the pace they're going at. Giannis doesn't have a guy like that on his team. He has him and then guys who are like second-tier, solid-level NBA starters. Drew Holiday's a great player, but he's not a future Hall of Famer, and he's not a guy who could be a second option on a championship team. Yes, we criticize Giannis for his playoff failures. Yes, he needs to develop a jump shot in a post game. 
but you also got to look at his squad around him. He doesn't really have much to work with to get him to that championship level. On the defense, compacts to him. He needs to have guys who are reliable shooters, but not the shooters. He needs a second guy who could be that star on the team to take the pressure off him, be able to take their man off the dribble, go get to the free throw line and put pressure on the defense so he can have more wide open lanes to the basket and more opportunities in the paint and more space around him to score to help his team make that next level and get to a championship because he's a two-time winning back-to-back MVP. He's accomplished pretty much everything you can in the NBA except winning a championship, which he hasn't done yet. If he can win some championships, that would be great for his legacy, but... I feel like this move doesn't really put them over the top in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to need more than this to put them and have a chance to beat the likes of the Nets and maybe even the Sixers as well with a healthy Embiid at the forefront. So again, to some NBA news. Man, Anthony Edwards dropped. He's been balling lately. He dropped 34 against Portland the other night. Balling out. He dropped 40-piece last night, and him and Carney Towns each dropped 40 to give them an impressive win over the Phoenix Suns, who have been balling as of late. Lamella Ball had an impressive first game versus the Lakers against LeBron James after saying he wasn't excited or nervous to play the King and LeBron James. And he had a great performance, but they ended up catching the L. And LeBron James showed why he is still the best player in the league. Um, right now in the Eastern Conference, Sixers are still at top, even though they were out and beat for like two weeks. He bruised his knee. If you haven't been watching basketball, he bruised his knee against Washington Wizards on a dunk. He landed awkwardly. Thank God there's no ligament damage, no ACL or meniscus or anything like that. He'll be out for like two, three weeks and he'll get reevaluated. Um, he has a bruised bone in his knee. Um, Nets and Sixers have the same record, 28-13 right now. They've both been playing great ball as of late. The Bucks are creeping on their heels, though, 26-14. The Heat have really woken up. They're now fourth seed in the East at 22-19. And man, the Hawks. Trey Young and the Hawks have been playing some ball lately. Their last 10 games, they're 8-2. They have risen from the 8th and ninth spot when I last saw them like a week or two ago. And since their coaching change of Nate McMillan, they have been winning ball games. They are now over 500 at 21-20 at the 5th spot in the Eastern Conference. He got snubbed at the All-Star game this year. And if they continue at this place, he should make an on-bay team this year. If they make the playoffs... He should make an on-base team this year. No doubt about it. The Hornets are 20-20 at 500. Lamella Ball still been Lamella Ball. Terry Rozier has been great for that team. Gordon Hayward, he is back, man. He is playing at a high level this season. This is the Gordon Hayward. He's springy, athletic again. He looks like he's enjoying basketball, enjoying playing again that we didn't see in his Boston years. The Knicks, they're 21-21. They had a very controversial loss to the Nets the other day. Um, they're at 507 seed right now. They've they had six and four in their last ten. They dropped a few games, but they've been surprised people this season. The Celtics are 20 and 20, 500. They've been struggling. Their lack of depth really hurts them. Outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and uh, Marcus Smart, even though he's not really a true offensive threat like that, um, they don't really have much depth. Kemba Walker has been inconsistent this season. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. He's not the same Kemba Walker we saw last season. And they're like they have guys like Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice starting for them when they really should be guys coming off the bench. Their lack of depth is what inhibits this team of being a true championship contender. And if you're going to be a championship contender, you're going to need guys outside of your top two who you can rely on to get things done in the clutch. Guys who can knock down shots, guys who get stops on the defensive end, guys who make hustle plays, and guys who you can rely on. Because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, one of those guys have an off night, this team basically has no chance. Both of those guys have to be on for them to have a chance to even win games. I've been watching the Celtics. Jason Tatum, he's been balling out this season. Jalen Brown, same thing, even though he's cooled off a bit lately. But, um, yeah, Bulls are ninth right now. They've been cooling off. Zach Levine's been doing everything he can. But, uh, yeah, man, now let's look at the Western Conference. So, Jazz are still up top. Lakers are number two. Suns are number three. Uh, Clippers, four. Nuggets, five. 
Trailblazers have slipped a little bit at six. Nuggets have risen. Michael Porter Jr. has been balling out lately. He's been catching. He's been catching his rhythm, getting back into the Michael Porter Jr. I think he can be. Spurs are seven. Um, Mavericks are eight. Um, Luka Doncic has been playing great ball lately. He's been helping that team, carrying that team to the eighth spot in the Western Conference. He doesn't have that much great help around him either. Porzingis is not really a reliable second option to me. Um, he's not. He's not a guy you can rely on for a long period of time because injury prone. Warriors have dropped lately. Seth Curry, they're ninth in the West right now at 21 and 20. They need to pick it up if they want to make the postseason and not have to play in the playing tournament. Like between like the five to ten, five to like nine seed with the Nuggets, Blazers, Spurs, Mavericks, Warriors, they're all differences like three, three, three games, three wins. Like they're very close to each other. If whatever team goes on a run, it's going to have a higher chance of getting out of the seven seed to not have to play in that playing game. And we're going to see which team slips and which team um, goes on a run as we team to go through this NBA season. Pelicans have been disappointing to me. They've been they're three and seven their last ten. I thought they were going to make a run to play in the playing tournament, but they just can't close out games. They their defense has a lot to be desired, and it's kind of um, very concerning with Stan Van Gundy being defensive coach, and they don't buy another defensive end maybe because they're young and experienced. But they be having some games where they're up twenty, and the team come all the, the team comes all the way back like midway, like they be up twenty midway through the third quarter. Team comes all the way back and beats the team. Like, so many games they've had like that throughout the season, which causes, which causes a lot of concern if you want to be a winning ball team. You're not going to win games like that in the NBA. Thunder 17-24. Shea Gilgis has been balling. He he is one of the best young players in the league, one of the most underrated young players, in my opinion. And like I said, Anthony Edwards, even though they're at the bottom of the NBA, Timberwolves, he has been balling as of late and has shown what he's capable of in, at the NBA level. Once he gets team, he has NBA game has become slower to him. He's adjusting to the pace of the game and in the nuances of the game. He's starting to get his feel for the game, and he is balling lately, dropping 30 balls, 40 ball last night against Devin Booker, Chris Ball, and the Suns, and currently Towns, his running mate. Those two, they, they could be a dynamic duo together, man. If they, those two grow together, if he grows his game, Anthony Edwards, Conte Towns becomes better on the defensive end, and D'Angelo Russell could be like a third option for a guy who could play off the ball and not have to handle the ball so much. Hopefully he's not so ball dominant when he comes back. I mean, they get some defensive guys around them who could play three and three and D they could probably in the next year make a run for the eighth spot or seventh seed in the west but yeah those are some NBA news for you and some NBA trades well that's gonna do it guys um I was gonna look at some MLB news but there's not really much big big news that's um reporting worthy in MLB right now and I looked at some hockey and there's nothing really that's going on crazy but, um, yeah, because there's a lot going on in football right now with free agency and the draft coming up. I'm going to do my first-round mock draft soon. I'm going to start that episode soon. Um, get ahead. I know some of the top prospects, but I need to continue to dive in on some of the other prospects. You know what I mean? I know Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Panay Sewell, Sewell, one of the best offensive line t- prospects in the past decade, stuff like that. And I just wanted to dive in some NBA news and P.J. Tucker trade. I know the myers Leonard trade happened. But ain't nothing that, that that's major. Miles Leonard, Miles Leonard, he made some racist comments about Jews the other day. Hopefully he gets educated. But um, Miles Leonard's not really that good. And it wasn't really a big trade. That's why I didn't really mention it. Peter Tucker, I think he's a viable role player. And that's why I mentioned it. He went to a contending team. But uh, Miles Leonard got traded to the Rockets, by the way, if you didn't know, from the Heat. But, oh, uh, yeah. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Team to support me on all platforms. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You know it. Um, team to shout out the show. If if you have a friend who likes sports and doesn't know about it, shout out for me. I'll appreciate it. But yeah, it's been your host, DJ Hamilton. 
of the DJ Sports Show. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. I'll see you all next time.